you know, training methodology and training um, efficiently and training when you're um, older. Mm-hmm. So um, I did a video with, uh, with, with Cody um, maybe about a few weeks ago talking about, you know, how, how do we train uh, efficiently, how to um, keep going as we get older. And I covered a few um, concepts talking about uh, you know, certain movements that you, you want to do, certain movements that you don't want to do. Um, I always give the example of um, in turtle position. Uh, you're the guy in turtle position, right? You're see my right. fist over here, and this is the guy on top, right? And you know, there's a lot of muscles on your back and a lot your shoulders. Pretty much everything's just weighing you down. So and if the top guy's push, putting all his weight, and even worse if you're, you know, big and strong, right here. And if if you're just trying to you know push back at him like this, you know, what kind of muscles you know are you using? Well, how how much of the muscles that are not designed for that kind of pressure and and the more you push back with those um not primary muscles you could risk yourself for for injury same thing with with side mount getting side mounted you know i did i did the video with cody about how to escape side mount and a lot of it stems from just being patient and waiting for that that opening in there because uh, when I do my jujitsu and people side mount me, people always tell me that, oh, that you're so, so calm, that you're so um, efficient in your movement. And that's because that I don't want to force it anymore. I, I'm, I'm 30 years old and I decided that, hey, you know, I'm not going to start pushing anymore like I did in my, in my 20s. Might as well start early. Mm-hmm. So... You know how much uh, how much can you bench press, Josh? Like offhand? Oh, I haven't bench pressed in forever. I don't know. Um, yeah. Years ago, I used to be able to bench press. Uh, I think it was close to one forty. Um, when I was a teenager, uh, a late teenager, like seventeen. Um, and when you and when you start a uh, bench pressing, I mean. You start with your, you know, you, you put your hands up and you start with your hands locked, right? Yeah. When, uh, when pushing up the, the, the barbell and, you know, and you, do, you proceed to do your, your exercises. But when you're side mounted, you're starting like this. You're uh-huh. starting, you know, with your hand pretty much right in front of your face. And can you really, really push push back with um you know all that all that energy i'm sure you've tried it before right probably um i've tried to frame i have yes i have actually tried to push um yeah yeah with uh with little success huh yeah yeah i gotta remember to frame but yeah i have actually tried to push myself away and yeah i usually frame they're anchored yeah i usually have that frame the one that that you do but then I don't use it to push back. But when I do my hip escape, when they give me the opportunity, then it becomes, you know, the, the stiff arm. Then yeah. they can't, they can't really, uh, they can't really push me back because I have my um, arm extended, and, and you know, you can't really, um, you know, you can't really bend my arms when I'm when I'm stiff arm like that. Right. So 
I guess going back to the training methodology uh, and Len Pettis, um, you don't want to you don't want spaz basically. Spazzing is right. the, the number one thing that will uh, you know, end your career, you know, eventually. Like if you're doing like a power bridge with a trying to push back like that with you're using all these you know muscles that you know all the weaker muscles in your back and and your legs and your shoulders your neck and you're probably gonna end up feeling sore the next day if you're gonna keep doing it I know I when I did it that um, my lower back in, in the morning would, would feel so stiff and so yeah so much in pain and you really don't want to um, push push too hard and of course when like going back to my example if someone's pushing you downwards you don't want to push push back because that's the gravity and weight when i did that video for um ward i i just i emphasized making the frame then kind of uh kind of um pushing not pushing back but uh making that frame to create the space and not kind of move on the side, kind of like going around the person, going around the force, right? To um, escape, so, framing framing so that you can actually move away from it rather than try to move into it. Yeah, so that's, you, you kind of need that. You kind of need that frame to help you do that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I just I just started uh, I just started this uh, keep it playful mentality just a couple of years ago, and uh, my jujitsu is. Um, gone so much better because of it you don't need right. to spaz you don't need to push back when someone's pushing you back there are just so many ways to get around someone and that's that's what jiu-jitsu uh, sh- should be trained as you know elio gracie you know he's 80 or 90 years old training against you know younger guys with with his family so the younger guys being super strong but elio really knew how to survive and without over emphasizing you know strength and um and burst of energy but but right. technique when he fought um uh what did he fight uh Valdemar Santana an yeah. hour and a, like an hour and a half fight yeah I mean, yeah I mean that's that's probably primarily because he had such such great technique and good survival skills even though Voldemort end up, you know, sucker kicking him in the head for for the KO. But when when you're like 50 years old fighting against uh, 50, 60 fighting against a uh, like a 20 year old like Voldemort, a former student who hates you. Yep, I mean that's that's a mad respect right there. So emphasizing efficiency mm-hmm. in, in technique and not trying to maybe go at his pace too much. Like if I. I mean, I, there's some kids I just can't chase around anymore because they're they're so good. They're so good. I'm not gonna master intensity. So, in my, in my video, hold on. So in my video, I emphasize just you know just stay safe. Have that one technique in mind that that sweep or submission while you're keeping safe. Mm-hmm. Then when you have the opportunity. No, just just go for it. Instead of just trying to overpower and manhandle that opponent. So you're not so, you're not pushing the the pace of the match. I'm not pushing the pace. I'm I'm more passive. 
I tend yeah. to be more passive and more more counter because um, if I attack more, then I'm probably gonna get in a, get more tired quicker. I wish I wish I could do that Elio philosophy, the Carlos philosophy, and me just goes nuts because I like you know I need a hard pass, I need to push the pace. Uh, not because I want to do that, because I because there's many times when big guys get me and I'm just trying to survive and I'm waiting it out. Um, and then my coach is yelling at me to, you know, as if it's a match, like, hey, you're gonna lose points, you're down, blah blah. You yeah, need points, to get out, right? get out, get out. Yeah, push the pace. Okay. I'm like, I'm not in. A, I'm not coach. I'm not in open weight. Okay, this is just we're just rolling. <laughs> but he wanted, you know, before I left, he really he was really wanting me to compete. <sighs> so yeah. he he tell, of course he was pushing me. Tell Elio that about the points and stuff. Yeah, I mean it, it's just <laughs> he created a it, system though. That's the fun thing. Him and Carlos. Yeah. So they created it. it. Yeah. Yeah, Carlos and um, but it's just that it's been so emphasized where you know oh get out of the side get out of, get out of the mountain you know you, you got to go you got to go to where a lot of the students end up trying to spaz out of the position and get more tired. And they end up losing the match. Yeah, and injured. Getting worse because of that exact methodology. Um, right. What, what was I going to say? Um, oh, dead air. So how, how can you, um, with your Taekwondo and striking, what are some things you can do? What methodologies to be efficient and more... Um, better movements can you do in Taekwondo and striking? Um, the first thing I would do is to actually limit, now I, I know this is anathema to some Taekwondo people, is actually to limit how much you kick and punch in the air. Um, mm-hmm. don't, don't, don't lock your, your joints. You know, there's a lot of training you can do in the beginning stages that helps you learn how to self-stop your techniques. Um, in Japanese, it's called kime. Uh, that's that sort of, when you throw a punch and you stop at midair and it's a sort of trembling, um, mm-hmm. usually that means that you're doing the punch correctly, but you need to really build your muscles up to that and limit yourself because, you know, you're always going to accidentally lock your elbow when you punch and you're, you're always going to accidentally lock your knees when you, when you kick in the air. Um, you know, even if you're really good at that kind of control, um, it, it's always going to happen because, you know, you're going to be inspiring. You're going to try to kick somebody and, and you're going to miss and you weren't counting on self-stopping that, that technique. So- when, when so I think of limit your think of, air, air kicks. So when I think about that, it, it kind of reminds me of kind of mini knee barring yourself or mini arm barring yourself when you kind of punch and you and you lock it, kind yeah. of hyper extending your, your joints a little bit. I, I remember I, when I was first practicing Muay Thai, I used to like you know shadow box and practice kicking in, in the air, and I would kind of kind of lock it at the ends and I kept doing it so much that I felt like, you know, I've been, I've been knee barred and I haven't tapped out and I, I just had to stop kicking for a while. Yeah. Yeah. If you just throw them crazy like that and, um, don't stop, don't stop them from, from knocking or, or hyper extending you, you absolutely get really sore and you'll, you'll, you'll feel it. Um, and so, no, that doesn't go away. It gets worse. You have to, you have to stop, stop doing that. Try to kick paddles, Try to kick um, targets, people, bags, um, while you're learning to stop them in the air. Um, what, what I do now is when I kick, I just kick all around. Sometimes do a little 360 just to 
kind of follow through it. I know I don't don't I'm pretty sure you don't have to do that, but um yeah, but that's what I end up doing right now. Um didn't didn't Andrew like hurt himself? Yeah. Um he he kind of well, I mean, he was in a he got hit by a car as well, but even before that and after that, it didn't help that he was nobody taught him um that he was supposed to stop his techniques before full ex- uh, locking them out, right? I call full extension. When I say full extension, I don't mean lockout. I mean it's it's right before locking, before you hyperextend. Um, but he was he was knocking them and, and hyperextending them, and it's just his mm-hmm. joints are just um, just worn out and to- just torn up um, because he even after he got hit by a car and was healing, he still went nuts and didn't didn't know until later in his life he was supposed to stop those techniques short. So karate dojos are really good about that. Um, but Taekwondo places, they have the same karate ideas and things like that. But for some reason, some of those little things don't get passed down. I don't understand what it is about that. Um, I learned that, uh, I didn't learn that when I was in ATA. I, I learned it from, ironically, my dad told me that because that's something he learned when he did it when he was younger. Okay. Um, he's like, make sure you don't lock your, your elbow out. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I learned it from books later on, um, how you're supposed to do it. And I just kind of trained myself by myself <laughs> how to develop that explosive power and stop it short in the air. I mean, isn't, um, isn't um, common sense just tells you to, hey, if it's, if it's hurting too much, uh, maybe you should stop uh, maybe uh, three quarters or nine tenths of the way. No, I mean, you might, you, when, if you're aware enough of what's causing it, you might think that um i think most people just don't they just think that's part of being a striker uh i, I don't think that they necessarily are thinking oh my elbows hurts maybe i'm hyper hyper extending it too much unless they're already an athlete before then i could see that um but yeah i i, I don't um you know boxers when they when they shadow box they go real slow and they kind of it almost looks lazy um and that's because they're trying not to knock their elbows i think and um, and Taekwondo guys, you'll see when they're practicing kicks in the air, they look really lazy. They don't look snappy. Um, that's because I think they're just trying to to avoid that as opposed to when they're sparring, and then it looks sharp. Um, but when they're practicing in the air, they look real, real lackadaisical and um, kind of lazy. But uh, I think that's just to keep them from knocking. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, that's, so- that's my first tip. Yeah. Their first tip. Any others? Yeah. Uh, my, my other tip is um, also good, goes along with taking care of your joints. And um, that's to pivot. Make sure that you're pivoting properly, whether you're doing Muay Thai or Taekwondo. Both of them require pivots, some more than others. Um, if you're going to be kicking in a circle like Justin does, you're going to need to be pivoting. You're going to need to keep your, your, your heel up and pivot all the way around. Um, so, yeah. If you don't do that, is it kind of like heel hooking yourself? It's kind of like heel hooking yourself. You're going to torque your knee that way. You put even if you don't, um, if you even if you don't hurt it necessarily, it is residual. That that sort of stuff um, will add up. It really puts a strain on your joints. Um, and when your knees and your shoulders go, they're never the same. You know, you can have surgery to make them better, and you can you can rehab them and make them strong again, stuff like that. But they're never quite the same again. So you don't you don't you don't want to get injured the first time, much less the second or third time. So you pivot a lot. Taekwondo kicks require a lot of pivot. And um, 
you know, with Muay Thai, I recommend, you know, I'm not a Muay Thai guy. I only did like a month's worth of Muay Thai, but from a biomechanical perspective, my recommendation is to actually, when you're doing, if you're going to step into your kick, my recommendation is to do a little bit of a pivot with your step. So when you step, you're actually setting your toes facing outward already to help you. So when you start to kick, you're not behind on your pivot. You're not caught. You're not using the momentum of your of your kick to kind of drag your knee and your heel along with the pivot. So pivot first. Don't let your kick kick drag your feet. You need to pivot. You need to dictate mm-hmm. the pivot to protect your knees. Um, and uh, and and I would also recommend, of course, not to neglect your conditioning um, on any your any of your major muscle groups. Make sure you're doing yeah. your squats and everything and your supermans and your push-ups and your and your your you know anything you need to do extra for like for me I do extra shoulder stuff um because my shoulders get loose sometimes and they're kind of bum shoulders. But not from actually from martial arts, but from um when I had my grandma seizures. Mm. So um yeah, don't don't neglect your your conditioning at all. Um and that's that's pretty much my third point is stretching and conditioning. You need to make sure that you're not just practicing your Taekwondo or just practicing your Jiu-Jitsu to get stronger at Jiu-Jitsu, that you're also supplementing with exercises that target the muscles you're using. Deadlifts. Um, deadlifts are good for everything. They're good for Taekwondo. They're good for Jiu-Jitsu. They're good for literally everything. Um, pull-ups are good for everything. Push-ups are good for everything. Squats are good for everything. Um, and I would even say, you know, that you're, you're Superman sort of, uh, some people, what, some people call them like bow and arrows. Some people call them like ship spouse. Some people call them supermans. Basically, you just lie on your your belly and you lift the your chest and, and arms off the ground, and you lift your pelvis and legs off the ground, and you hold it, and that strengthens your lower back. Very good um, for the lower back. Yep, and the and the hips. And do not neglect your neck. <laughs> Don't neglect your, even if you're doing your taekwondo. Again, you get you know when you're competing. The, I don't know what I think it was. It called diffuse axonal damage. I don't remember the term for it. But when you get, when you get a, a hook kick or an axe kick, you know that's a lot of strain on your neck. Sure, is. that's really bad. It's terrible. Um, in fact, so you know it's not just jujitsu where you're trying to hold your head up and you're using your neck a lot for passes and and just for everything. Um, taekwondo as well to keep you safe. Uh, the stronger it is, the less likely you're going to get injured, even if you're struck there. So. No. Yeah, your, I, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, with the with jujitsu, where I think a lot of people tend to do this when you put the shoulder of justice on somebody. You know what that <laughs> yeah. is, right? Yes, I know the shoulder of justice. <laughs> shoulder of justice, where you just you know, dig a shoulder into the guy's cheek and chin, yeah. and you make him look the other way. Yeah. Um, I've, yep. I've seen a lot of people try to, um, like 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 I talked about earlier, where they try to move their neck back into facing me because I'm trying to make him look away but they're trying to face face me again so they're trying yeah. to put all that strain that's into, yes that's that's terrible on your neck <laughs> so it's, and that's pretty really terrible yeah going back to what I just said if if they're putting that shoulder of justice on you don't don't try to look look towards him just actually maybe you might want to do a a different escape or just wait until he tries to transition to better position or when he tries to um go for the submission then you right 
do your um, hip escape, upa, and, and all that. An upa with no resistance, you know, think about that. An upa with no resistance, that's when, that's when I um, do my um, escape from side and out. And when I did the video with Cody. Hey, sorry to interrupt you right in the middle of the podcast, but I promise it'll only take a second. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Combat Learning email newsletter at combatlearning.com slash newsletter. Not only will you never miss an episode of the Combat Learning Podcast, you'll get exclusive tips and resources straight to your inbox. And I'm giving away my ebook, an introduction to motor learning for martial artists, so you can get up to speed on the central topics of this podcast. But that's not even it. I'll also invite you to our private Facebook discussion group so you can ask any questions you want or discuss any topic related to teaching and learning martial arts. And all of this is 100% free. So go to combatlearning.com slash newsletter right now to subscribe and claim all this cool stuff for yourself. That's combatlearning.com slash newsletter. That's when I did, I, as always, no, no, uh, no, not too much strength to use and mm-hmm. it's very efficient. And yeah, I, I just know what you're talking about when it comes to, you know, with the neck and trying to push when you shouldn't push and where you, where you shouldn't push. Right. Um, and so. I would I would actually recommend wrestling neck exercises. Obviously, you need to stop, start yourself off slow. So um, do not do neck bridges when you bridge or upa in, in jiu-jitsu when you're rolling. But you should definitely do them to 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 condition your neck. And um, there's some stuff that I've seen MMA guys do uh, with the standing on their head and kind of going in circles. Um, they look kind of like spiders. Um, work your way up to that. I'd look up some videos on how to progressively work towards that. But yeah, man, a strong neck is really important because I know I know you struggle with the back pain and stuff. For me, um, you know, back my back, low back does hurt sometimes. But the biggest thing for me is my neck, and it, it's just some days it's just terrible. Um, yeah. So it, it really didn't start doing that until I was in in jujitsu. So definitely need to be not neglecting on your uh, the ball across ball on your um, your neck exercises so wrestling the wrestling neck exercises i think are the best for that and if you do them progressively you're going to get a real strong neck and minimize injury a strong recommendation it's mm-hmm. one of these it's a lacrosse ball oh yeah and it's good for that uh, sciatic pain mm-hmm Definitely Every stretches. martial artist should uh, should have one of these. Um, I've always had some sciatic pain, and just because I was doing my power bridges and trying to go crazy out of side mounts, and I used to wake up and was such terrible pain. And you know, the best way to fix it, of course, is just not to do it and try to not spaz out too much. But this, putting it on your on your on your glutes, will definitely help you. No, it definitely helped me. So that's my uh, dojo recommendation for for today. Sweet. Yep. Definitely get a foam, foam roller as well. Uh, mine sucks. So get one mm-hmm. better than mine. Get one that's uh, more solid. It hurts. It hurts more, uh, but it hurts good. <laughs> solid, it does solid a better plastic. job. Get the one with solid plastic and you could have that foam covering over it. But you could just get a, a PVC pipe um, at the Home Depot, you know, has them cut it and you, you pretty much have the same thing or you could just put a towel over it and just to have some some cushion but you definitely need a roller uh, lacrosse ball or softball uh, 
a roller is definitely um, handy. Um, yep. Do some yoga, you know. Yoga helps. Uh, yoga helps. You know, the religious version. The non-religious version. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those are some good good training methodologies to have. And if you if you do these, you know, you're gonna last last for until uh till the day you die, like like Elio did. Yeah, and don't neglect your stretching at all, ever. Nope. Always stretch after training and even even do just training sessions, warm up a little bit, make sure you always warm up. Um, and uh, just just work on stretching for that session. That's it. Kill yourself. Instead of, doing, instead of killing yourself with push-ups, kill yourself um, trying to trying to get more flexible. Obviously, you don't need, don't don't be tear, don't, you know don't be bouncing around like ballerinas and trying to tear your muscles. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little things go a long way. Absolutely, so. it, it adds up. Just like just like injuries can sometimes be residual. Um, your stretching is. Uh, is residual as well. If you if you if you go consistently, um, you might see yourself going backwards sometimes. But that's that's just the nature of stretching. Uh, you you will get it will add up. Um, it'll get there, and it it, it keeps you strong, um, and it keeps you from injury. Um, yeah. Not just in taekwondo, not just with your kicks, because most people associate stretching injuries uh, or not stretching enough with like kick injuries. Um, but it's the same thing for shoulders and and low back and and upper back and and um neck and everything you know you need to be stretching everything um especially shoulders and stuff like that um to keep that from happening in uh, jujitsu just as much as you stretch your your lower half um for taekwondo and it'll help you with your guard too so stretch 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 everyone especially in jujitsu man not in taekwondo so much but in jujitsu people are always trying to get around stretching it's ridiculous I've never met a group of martial artists that hated stretching that much, except maybe Kempo karate guys. Hmm. So I have a, I have a question. I'm just going back to yeah. the main topic. Um, heavy bags, yay or nay, as far as, you know, getting older. It seems like, you know, the, the impact of, of punching something heavy seems to maybe put a lot of shock on the joints. So what do you right. think? Punching, punching bags. Yeah, uh, a light, a light heavy bag um, with more give. Um, there's some tie bags. Some tie bags are really solid, um, but then, m- like my coach had a tie bag that was filled with um, a lot of like rags and stuff, and it was heavy enough that you had to really push to make it move. Um, but it had enough give that you could kick it really hard without any um, noticeable strain to your joints. Obviously, even as a youngster, you really need to be building yourself up on the heavy bag. Don't go balls out on the heavy bag because you're going to hurt your joints because um, they just haven't been strengthened enough. And you're going to hurt your wrist and you're, and you're, you know, if you're Taekwondo, you're really going to hurt your instep. Um, if you're Muay Thai, you're going to be really bruising up your, your um, shins and you might even feel the strain in your knee because it's not strong enough to handle that yet. Um, yeah, I have a 90-pound heavy bag and yeah I just i mean eventually eventually got to the point where i just punched way too much where mm-hmm. a lot of my joints were just i just couldn't punch anymore because i guess maybe i was over punching so i'm thinking mm-hmm. maybe the, the older you get maybe 60s or 70s 
you know, as you know, super black belt. Um, gloves and shin, gloves and shin pads help with that some to absorb some of it, but it's still percussive. It's still fall. It's still going through it and still affecting your joints. So yeah, I would, I would definitely. Um, eighty pounds sounds a little more reasonable to me. So so oh, maybe like oh that's wussy sixty pounds, but I mean. So maybe, It'll protect your joints. So maybe as you get older, uh, more shadow boxing. Yeah, more shadow boxing, more just um, slow sparring, I guess, because I guess it's, that would be safer for you. Actually, it legitimately, would be safe for you. Your joints yeah. just spar. And hit because hitting a body is a lot different than hitting um, a solid straight heavy bag. Yeah. So yeah, hitting stuff with give, um, keeping your conditioning up so you can handle some of that percussive wear and tear. And um, moving more towards a little bit of shadow boxing and, and just more light sparring. Yeah. So I guess, I guess uh, we'll find out, uh, find out in 30 years, I guess. 30 years, I, guess. <laughs> I guess we will. <laughs> and well, then, then with all of your information, you, you'll, you'll really let us know how, what it's like to, uh, to fight, you know, as, as a 60-year-old or 50-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Just take it from me, guys. I'm, I'm only 25. Um, and I've already started to practice with an eye towards um, longevity. Because I know, because, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not like some of these MMA fighters who just like to compete and don't really care about martial arts. Mm-hmm. I wanna, I'm a martial artist first. And I want to be practicing Taekwondo and Jiu-Jitsu as long as I possibly can, all the way up until, until honestly, until the day I die, if I can do it. Um, some people do that. Some, some masters have done that. Some Taekwondo masters. So, yeah. you know, don't, don't, don't think, oh, I need to do this while I'm young because I can do this. You know, if it's something that actually puts a lot of strain on your knees, like certain chokes, like certain uh, triangle variations, and um, yeah. if it's something that you already feel pain doing now, um, don't do it anymore. Um, or only do it every once in a while. Like going inverted is very, very bad for your oh, yeah. cervical spine. Yeah, I don't um, do it. I'm light, I'm flexible, and I don't do it. Yeah, if um if you're going for the arm bar in guard, you know, you're you're on the bottom, you're do, you're in guard tr- doing the arm bar and the guy stacks you, you know, are you gonna use those those muscles on your back to try to, you know, use, uh, push him back? Mm-hmm. Push or him back try you know, to just to try to are you gonna try to push off him to try to etch yourself out, which is what I would try to do. I would try to edge myself out. Or I would or you or can like maybe Go belly down. Yeah, you could go belly down. I, I, I always get squashed when I do that, though. <laughs> but, but usually, what you want to do is just let go of, let go of the arm bar, go back into full right, bar. Right. I don't, mean, that, that, yeah. that, that, that's, uh, that's part of what I like to emphasize and teach when it comes to efficient and efficient training methodology to where you're going to last longer. So you, you don't want to do things like that. Like I said, you, you want to be, um, you want to get away from from that um, discomfort. Right. And by the uh, way, guys, if you're looking for an application of the back roll, that's a good application. If somebody's stacking you way, way, way too hard, you can either tap or you can just back roll out of it and restart. Um, don't, don't try to sit there and let them stack you all the way back because it's really terrible on your neck. Yep. Um, and you can't, you know, I see a lot of IBJJF guys, these sport jiu-jitsu guys doing this. They sort of expect that their larger partners um, aren't going to stack them too much. And they sort of just sit there and try to work from these really compromising positions. Um, you can't assume that, especially if you're, you know, 
you get in the zone, you're like, you know, you're, you feel safe rolling with everyone. You have a new white belt that's real big. Mm-hmm. And he gets you in that position and you make him aggravated and he starts to smash you. That's your neck. That's not his neck. Yeah. That's your neck. Yep. So you got to like be I really said, careful. Like I said, you don't want to match the spasness. That's when you, yeah. you, you end up compromising and you end up right. you know, hurting yourself, you know, just you know, to see who's, uh, whose uh, who socks are bigger, you know? In, in right. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback, you can email me at josh at combatlearning.com or send me a message on facebook.com slash combatlearning. Now, real quick before I go, can I ask you a huge favor? If you got value from this episode, leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. So many shows pop up and fizzle out. And we're talking about stuff that nobody else is talking about, and we want to stick around. So leaving us a review helps us a ton. Finally, the show is produced by Micah Peacock. Thanks in advance, and I'll see you on the next episode.